0: Mortal fear is as crucial a thing to our lives as love. It cuts to the core of our being and shows us what we are. Will you step back and cover your eyes? Or will you have the strength to walk to the precipice and look out? Do you want to know what is there or live in the dark delusion that this commercial world insists we remain sealed inside like blind caterpillars in an eternal cocoon? Will you curl up with your eyes closed and die? Or can you fight your way out of it and fly? With this quotation from an imaginary 1977 Rolling Stone interview with mythic filmmaker Stanislas Cordova, Marisha Pessel begins Night Film, her second published novel. Night Film follows a broken journalist's investigation into the haunted life and death of Ashley Cordova the mad director's beautiful daughter. It begins as a mystery with overtones of dreamlike horror. It flickers and dims and deepens into a study of people who burn too brightly, burning up the souls around them until their aftermath is a legacy of ashes. It's about art that goes too far, and the fanatical religious passion such art can trigger in those strangelings who are attuned to its frequency. It's about the nature and function of fantasy, the damage done to the ties that bind by those who walk between the worlds and march only to the devil drums of their own terrible destinies. It's about witches and tricksters, idols and fans, readers and authors, the hand that shapes and the eye that sees everything, sovereign, deadly, perfect. It's a book about us and a book about itself. The book before us is Night Film. I'm Jason Squamata, and this is Book Circle Online. From the Library of Maria Menunos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome back to BCO, my darling shut-ins. Thank you for stepping into the circle. I have once again assumed the form of Jason Squamata, and I am joined in the circle by
1: Pat Janowski and Christy Gray Lovato.
0: Now, before we dive into the inky shadows of this haunted book, let's talk about Marisha Pessel. Her father was an Austrian engineer. Her mother was an American homemaker who read most of the Western canon aloud to little Marisha and her sister and enrolled the girls in lessons for writing, painting, jazz, and French. She went to a prestigious private school and graduated Phi Beta Kappa from Barnard College with a degree in English literature. I've been dying to get this book on the slab for our dissection, ladies. This book is right up my dark alley. <laughs> a perfectly imperfect mashup of horrific mystery, cinemagic history, supernatural thrillerism, and literary shimmer. I loved the way it used faked photographs, internet mock-ups, and an iPhone app to lend depth and reality to the novel's backstory, while also tainting the world around me as I was reading. McGrath, the ethically shaky antihero, finds that he's living in a Cordova film so does the reader I'm still in one I think slaughter my lamb marisha how did you guys like it
2: <laughs> well jason hilariously on the on the heels of your reading all of that business there i i have to say one of the things that happened to me when i was reading this book is that i found it reading it to myself in your voice yeah. it has it, the, the prose the ideas they have they have a weight and a heft and a style there's this Dynamic quality that is so much like all that stuff you are just saying, but just in how you said it. Oh. it's true.
0: I moved. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Pat. Yes, I take that as the highest compliment. But yeah, go on, um, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Pat. Um,
2: but mostly, um, it's it's uh, to me, it's the thing that that struck me was it's about it's about living life to the fullest. Um, but not phrased like the cliche that i just said or marching like to beat of a, a different drummer or mm-hmm. that cliche either it's 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 basically pursuing your passions with a focus and a purpose and an energy and and i found that to be very um very um, inspiring.
0: Sure. I mean that, that's the standard that, that Cordova, this director who's the core of the mystery that he like bids everyone in his world to to like live up to. And and in a way, as much as he seems to be sheep steeped in shadowy darkness, the book seems to be imploring us to do the, the same thing. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Whether in darkness or not. Yeah. Whether it leads you to darkness or wherever you find yourself.
0: Right. Indeed. Christy.
2: Well I have to say
1: this is a book that snuck up on me. I thought, you know, when I started reading the book through McGrath's journey, we explore all of these horror tropes sort of dancing within the films of Cordova as he sort of explores them for his own research about Ashley's death, but also as he investigates further and further into Cordova's life. And I was thinking, this is really corny. These are all things that we have heard before, seen before. And then, maybe two o'clock in the morning. I can't remember what happened. The cat jumps off the counter. I don't But the ah! next thing you know. I am like up, peeking through the curtains. I don't uh, know what's going on, but I am terrified. So yeah. and it's, it works. It's effective and it, it builds the way that McGrath sinks deeper and deeper into the world mm-hmm. of Stanislaw Cordova.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. Well, yeah, and I think it, and it's interesting in the way you talk about the kind of tropes being hit on that there's like a, there's a, Postmodern quality to uh, to the story in that Cordova, this mysterious director, is this he's this collage mm-hmm. of all these. Facets that we would ascribe to great directors that we know about. He's Kubrick, the great genius who does these tormented allegories of of the human condition, but super secluded and just you know considered the supreme artist by all around him. He's David Lynch, and that he's you know his his stories are cryptic and ambiguous and leaning you to these dream. Like places where you're searching for love, and amidst the harrowing of hell, he's uh, he's a coppola, and that he has like this family of of fabulously beautiful and elegant people around him at all times, and. Uh, and Dario Argento, which, by the way, by, like, uh, while I was reading this, I came across uh, this book about Dario Argento, the great Italian horror director. Right,
2: right, right, the gore fest. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes,
0: yeah, and, and he does, I mean, his, his, his films are super gory, but mm-hmm. they're steeped in this elegant stylishness, and, uh, but this book is called Profondo Argento. And it's lavishly illustrated with these amazing critical exegeses of all his films. With it, like, it seems like a quarter of the book is given over to a study of uh, Asia Argento, his beautiful daughter and the lead actress no in many way. of his films. Oh, yes,
2: how interesting. Yeah, so and, like an allegory to Ashley. Was,
0: well, yeah, I'm reading this book. I, I, I felt like not. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Marisha Pessel is aware of Argento, and but I felt like she had actually looked at this book.
2: Totally cool. You know,
0: yeah. And how
2: how amazing for her to have intimately reached into your mind like that without even knowing
0: it. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. She yes, yes. Yes. That power. But yes. Well. And just to wrap that up, though, I like I I feel like uh, by having all those bits and pieces of all those other directors spliced into this character, like Cordova is the idea of a film director, mm-hmm. and he's this like archetypal figure. So in the same way that McGrath, our lead character, mm-hmm. is this kind of like he's he's a he's a cliche in his own way, this kind of like cardboard cutout or this clip art of the the journalist who went too far or the journalist on his last legs, kind of going into this world who needs of, to
2: redeem himself, maybe yeah, like, or who needs to just go through the horror that is his life and come out the other side right.
0: somehow. Yeah, and yeah. He, and it, it felt like he's a mask for us to wear to go into mm-hmm. this. They're like all these kind of like uh, like. Naked tropes and very allegorical, you know, kind of modes like that are just doorways through which we encounter something that is, um, it, it's all more than the sum of its parts, basically. Well,
2: you see that you say that these naked tropes, though, but and drawing back to what Christy had said about it sneaking up on you, mm-hmm. um, what's cool about the the horror in this book is he just Marisha, actually, well, it's it's McGrath, too, just hints at the gore. Hmm. There's no, it's it's a it, I think you mentioned it, you said something about the dissociative horror of the situation, right. not knowing what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what creates that specific terror yeah. in you. You're, you know, you're the worst, the, the devil on the one shoulder says, all of this is true, mm-hmm. all of this is horrible. Uh-huh. While the angel says, well, it could be a logical explanation for everything. Uh,
0: right, right, right. You
2: know, and, yeah, and think, in the middle
1: of the night, the devil's the one's going to get you. Right, right. and you, know, you don't know because, and McGrath doesn't know right? Right. until the end which maybe he begins to find out but you don't know if he is a hero the people who work with him certainly think so but you know through his films his fancy and the people the actors who work with him see that he brings them on this sort of hero's journey through the darkest places and cordova does mm-hmm. cordova does and that no one that that it brings them to the brink of like absolute destruction and reveals their true nature And once they come out of it, they are not the same. The characters in the film, the actors that work with him, the people that interact with him Mm -hmm. in his life. Mm -hmm. And Scott McGrath, the the journalist, can't find anyone initially, not only anyone who's willing to talk to him, but anyone Mm -hmm. still in the world in which he lives who has brushed up against Cordova and still lives here. Right.
0: Well, and the the more he steps into darkness and kind of lets go of some of his preconceptions, we see these people kind of emerging from the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that seems like a natural process. But, of course, as we go, McGrath starts feeling like he's in a Cordova film. We, you know, mm-hmm. we start questioning the reality of everything, especially in retrospect. I mean, mm-hmm. right. you get like as we move through the reveals, you look back and this stuff that just seemed... You know, gratuitously weird, or the you know,
2: club the, in Long Island. Yes, right? yeah. there's this oh. incredible thing
1: where the, he's he's there's the sex club that's maybe connected with Ashley called the Oubliette and he has to sneak in through this sneaking along the beach at midnight with the waves, with the threatening, waves crashing, like, and, and then and climbing up a rickety staircase right. and sneaking in. And there's this. All this strange, like, gender-bending, Trump loy menace going on in there, and he has to flee away as the tide's coming in, mm-hmm. running along the beach, and the waves are crashing up against him on the rock. And I'm like... That's I have that nightmare all the time. Okay, maybe not like the secret <laughs> sex club. part. The secret but, sex club and the rickety ladder. Well, if I had, yeah, if yeah. I had a dime for every time that happened. Uh-huh. But but you know, the running the running along the beach as the tide comes in, that's like the first foray into the horror trope of that like building sort of menace. Right.
0: No, absolutely. And also, I think I I felt like there's an additional like uh, you know, level to that. What with uh, I, I've read interviews with with Marisha, and uh, or do I f- refer to her as Pestle? Since she's I don't know. I kind of yes.
2: want to say Marisha, just
0: because oh, she feels like a friend. I well, mean, and you know... she calls her
2: Ashley also. Right?
0: Yeah, Cordova. totally. Okay. Although
2: Cordova's Cordova,
0: right? Yes, uh, Cordova. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll call her Pessl. But um, so Pestle, <laughs> uh she you know talks a lot about Kubrick in her interviews about who you know the main um, inspiration oh, oh, she for does. Cordova that was. Cool. Yeah, uh-huh. and. Uh, so I couldn't help in that in the oubliette in the uh, in the sex club scene. I couldn't help thinking of Eyes Wide Shut, mm-hmm. oh yeah, which uh, you know it, it's it's you know in in the wake of of its release as Kubrick died and it has all these apologists and all these people have tried to explain to me what how it's an important film that fits perfectly into his oeuvre. But I remember watching it. I mean that movie like that whole this whole buildup to this uh, impossibly decadent society of impossibly wealthy people mm-hmm. and the filthy things they would get up to in a zone where no one would judge them or you know there's no surveillance by the little people and you finally get to that point in the film and it's 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 like it's like Bob Gucci it's not even Bob Gucci it's a big nothing it's like the playboy mansion yeah. it's it's just it's oh my god so th- there are there are three old men who are who are fondling a model on a, a on a pool table. A pool table.
1: I don't know the no. outrage, the horrifying thing I can think of. Is well, no, a bunch of rich people in a room, uh-huh.
2: just together,
0: together. together. Yeah, <laughs> in
2: uh-huh. general, in right. general,
0: yes, <laughs> beyond the reach of our of the scrutiny of the rabble, but. Uh, but it, uh, uh, yes, and so that I mean that's it's kind of a side note and not exactly germane to now, the velocity of the now story. No, you but. said
2: you said it, um, that it, you you recalled all those great directors that this seems to that Cordova seems to be an amalgam, of. right? Right. And and um, and that's something that comes in again and again in the book. Um, she reveals just enough about things like about mm-hmm. the movies, and right. she drops enough reality right. in there. That we can't we can't be sure if things are real or not mm-hmm. in our world, let alone uh, the world of the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, I find myself looking things up. That was this? Did this really happen? Was that director really a person?
0: Right, 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 right. Um, and uh, and and there's and that's I mean an, an amazing aspect.
2: Well, it makes uh, it fun.
0: It does because mm-hmm. there's like a whole world here, mm-hmm. and I guess in her composition of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, most of her time spent in the book was world-building. She spent a couple of wow. years creating this whole filmic history for this director. I, you know, like, I, I feel like she knows the storylines of all those films –
2: Right, uh, she's you know. written all those films. Yeah, but the for posters. all intents and
0: purposes, yeah. And she, well, the
2: book is sprinkled with those icons, and you can go and and the web web pages. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's that amazing aspect of it where and uh, where there's like a feature um, that you with your with your magic future iPhone, if you have one, you can uh, click onto pages of the book that because even like peppered and, you know, anyone you folks at home, if you're <laughs> flipping through this uh, this wonderful tome. <laughs> You can see that interspersed with the bits of narrative text, there's this kind of multimedia stuff happening with all these photographs and all these, you know, oh, web yeah, pages. Oh yeah, super
2: fun! You're reading the web pages, which is what we do. We go and look at what mm-hmm. celebrities are doing, right. and the audio interview with the copycat killer from
1: one of Cordova's <sighs> films. Yeah. yeah. Really unnerving. Right, yes, yeah. So th- <laughs> there's
0: an additional level. So apart from, like, what's on the page, right. occasionally you'll see this icon of a bird in flight, mm-hmm. which, you know, which refers to a symbol system in the films of Cordova. But you can click on, you can take a picture of that bird uh, with your phone, and it's going to lead you to this whole secret world of additional material. You get to see trailers for the films. There's a ah. poster, a beautifully designed well, the poster. posters for
2: 15 films I think right 15, thing? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah and
2: I, I think Cordova
1: is all of those directors but he is like the archetype for all of those directors it's just he came after them he, uh-huh. he is this in in the beginning of his career he is a cult filmmaker who has a moderate following and he makes these films that are incredibly dark and I've, heard, I've read a lot of interviews leading up to this review, and he's been compared to everyone from Hitchcock to, as you said, Ardento. Mm-hmm. But then, by either by accident or by design, falls in love with this beautiful Italian heiress who mysteriously dies, and he is oh, right. left with an unlimited fortune. This is Cordova. So he, he happens to have. No, yes. he, he's beholden to no one. No yeah. investors. No, He can do whatever he wants they say They
2: say that the key element to being a great artist is having a trust fund. Well, yeah. And <laughs> here we are. He's set up. He's wow. set up, but also he can remove
1: himself from the world. He doesn't right. need to sort of operate and not pander to anyone who lives yeah. in this sort of
2: bohemian daydream out in the countryside. Right, where he films all of his movies. Right, right. On this estate, which is with like the Coppola right. mythos, isn't it? Right, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, yeah, well, you know, and and I, I mean, I would argue that it, it's like the the greatest um, inhibition and the greatest death that can befall an artist is having the trust fund. In my, in my view, like, you know, he wants those resources. He marries this woman because he's in love with her. All of a sudden he has these resources and his work gets darker and darker and more dangerous and more urgent because with all these resources, he's trying to put people in the desperate situations that he endured, in which he had to like find some meaning and impose some meaning.
2: Mm-hmm. I uh, think that's one interpretation, absolutely. Yeah, and you uh, don't know. No. No. The implication is that I mean, that's a that's a that's a like I said, an interpretation. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and uh, and
0: the, and the book is like riddled with these ambiguities. Everyone is just kind of a you know. Well,
2: except for yeah. the like, and you were talking about this. Um, we discussed this just a little bit before we mm-hmm. got on the air, which is not a good idea. But yes, but let me see if you can recall. It was something about you had said something about like this Nancy Drew type plot that's on top right, well, of yeah, all the staff. Yeah,
0: to me, I mean, that that was, I mean, as much, I mean, we discussed, you know, and I appreciate the kind of slight postmodern sheen it has where Cordova is the idea of a director, McGrath is the idea of a world-weary journalist, um, but to me, uh, you know, what seemed to be a flaw, not so much in retrospect, frankly, but mm-hmm. in going through the book, what seemed to be a flaw was that McGrath he bumps into Hopper, who's this James Dean, you know, Hardy Boys boy investigator kid, and uh, and Nora is the spunky, you know, coat scrappy coat check girl yeah. who's going to be the Nancy Drew. I'll
2: have and, your coat right here.
0: Yeah, and they're uh, and they're going to you know solve solve the, these mysteries, and it, it just seems like like Cordova's world is just this yawning abyss of mysterious. Darkness and and horror and they, it just seems kind of like a like a very light and almost flimsy but it, kind of. It serves
2: arc. to lead you into this uh, these characters That's true. that tell this luscious backstory.
0: Uh-huh, right. Well, and the
2: implication
1: that you know you don't know, and as McGrath gets deeper, he does not know if these films are staged or if Cordova puts these actors into these circumstances mm-hmm. where they are really being. Push to their limits. For example, the son, Theo. There's this this part of the book where um, Theo has an accident while they're filming a scene of someone being horribly injured in the back of the car. And Theo is Cordova's older son. Theo is Cordova's older son. And Theo has severed three of his fingers. In real life. In real life. And runs onto the set. Wanting someone to take him to the hospital, and instead, Cordova swaps him out for the actor in the scene and makes him shoot take after take, running to there the car, times, right. Yeah. Oh, bleeding, right, bleeding. Well, and yes, and the dis- he wants to capture that like growing terror, terror. I mean, the kid space. could have led to death, right? I mean, Absolutely. And if they had taken him to the hospital, he probably could have had his fingers retouched, but, exactly. But, but the implication yeah. is that all of his films are like this. All of his films are these people being put in extraordinary circumstances. And it it lends itself to McGrath's confusion about whether he is kind of slipping into that world. And he's looking for cameras. He doesn't know. And so for me, that Hopper-Nora thing, right up until the end, it totally felt like a setup. Uh I I expected them... To be to sort of reveal. yeah,
2: right. but they were not. Well, Cordova put were. me in that. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, you know, and like I said, in in retrospect, having gotten to the end of the book, mm-hmm. you know, this is something I'm like arguing well, with ending? and there fighting. Are, there well, are true. Well, six get, getting six,
2: seven, or eight well, false endings. Getting to the, to
0: the serpentine bolus of endings at yes. the end of it. Yeah. I, like uh, you know, I I felt like to me um, that like it it actually works. My main problem yeah. with it actually ended up working because right. it, it it was evocative. It was like Twin Peaks, where right. uh, where you know like you have your your clip art FBI agent uh-huh. and these are the teenage kids who are really <laughs> worried about their. Dead Jason's friend.
2: making evocative robots. Yes, yeah,
0: right now. yeah, yeah. Not that for it, our, you for know the
2: radio listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they're just these like kind of cut out. People who, you know, kind of play up the artifice of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And they get more real as they go because they're steeped in this darkness. But, yeah, it it just kind of calls attention to the artifice of the whole thing. So, um, yeah, so you're off the hook, uh, Miss... As far as I'm concerned, right,
1: right, and leading to this climactic sort of this nighttime raid on the Cordova estate. Right, Hopper and Nora and McGrath, who quickly becomes isolated and ends up going on this maybe, most likely, drug induced sort of dark night of the soul through all of the Cordova film sets, which are still intact on the estate, yeah, with all of the props and every sort of. Every detail is yeah, still
2: there. Yeah, and, and that is
0: in so many ways a, like a, you know, a, a climax, you know, yeah. to, to this thing because like – One with, of them? Well, yes. Yeah, but but, but to me it, it's like – it's not exactly – it's not even like towards the end. No, it's just sort of like beginning the kind of passage towards the end of the right. book. But it's the whole book imploded into a microcosm mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it's almost. Yeah,
2: you don't know what's real. You don't know if the props that are there on these sets. Uh-huh. He's, uh, so McGrath has possibly been drugged mm-hmm. um, and he's rushing through. He's, he's looking for, uh, or is it be chased? I can't remember. Um, and, uh, chased by shadowy figures, chased right. by shadowy figures. Right. Exactly. And dogs. He, oh, that's right. Cause he's made his way onto the Cordova estate right. through mm-hmm. the labyrinthian security systems. Mm. And, um, and he finds himself going from set to set of all the different movies. And there's right. the artifacts from the movies, yeah, like the, like the briefcase that's behind right. the bed. Is that the right. thumbscrew one? Right. And, um, and you don't know if that briefcase was always there on the set. Right. If some fan placed it there, yeah. put the thing in it that rattles, you know, that thumps threateningly. Who knows? It's all, and neither does McGrath.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the the briefcase is such a beautiful thing to me because it's you know because you know there's like this you know the idea that I mean the premise of that particular Cordova film mm-hmm. was that it's from the point of view of a woman, her husband. Uh, might be murdering little boys, right. and uh, you know, and and she doesn't know. And the nature of the horror in the film, you know, which we don't get to see, but is just alluded to, is this building paranoia about do I know this man? And right. uh, and, but, yeah. and and he just gets to look into this briefcase, which also, in a postmodern way, calls back. To the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. which contains God knows what, but it, shiny, it's this MacGuffin. Something. Yes, yeah. and which itself is a quote of the briefcase in Kiss Me Deadly, the My Camera film from the 50s, where it contains, like, the apocalypse, basically, but...
2: Maybe the Lost Ark.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, no, yeah. totally, the Ark of the Covenant, basically, right. and, and uh, but in Cordova's world, it's just, it, it's, uh, we can imagine this actor in this film, Thumbscrew, the film is never going to render a verdict one way or the other right, right, as right. to whether he is, is a killer, but this actor gets to look into this briefcase containing bloody clothes and the artifacts that mm-hmm. evoke his mur- so yeah, that
2: he was the murderer of the yeah, children.
0: Yeah. Right. And so someone watching the film like they're they're going to get the vibration they of They see his, that
2: so. in the actor's eyes. Yeah. You actually do see that. When the actor knows it, you'll know it. That's how that works. Right. Yeah. And and but do you know? Well, the, you and, think you see it?
0: Yes. Well, right? and and that's what and that's why I mean, Cordova is the idea of a director, not like in the like shorthand sketch of a director, but nice. he's what we want a director to be. Like that idea of Kubrick, like kind of basically kidnapping people and keeping them on his estate. I mean, you know, the, I mean that's the you know it it it's the it's the uh, it's the the fabulation, the most hyperbolic view of what making a film would be like, where right. you brainwash all the actors into right. their roles, you right. eliminate all, you know, connections to or the outside world.
2: Now. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. With, Heart of
0: Darkness. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah.
2: God. With, with, um, Sheen and how they filmed that. There's this documentary on it that's devastatingly right. Good. Yes. Anyway, similar idea. No,
0: totally. Well, that, I um, mean that, and that, and you can watch that film as Cordova goes to Vietnam. Yeah. Know, and yeah. The,
2: yeah. Well, and the, the, what's, what is, um. Uh, there's even yet another layer of depth to that because is Cordova killing children? Right. This is something that McGrath right. finds out on his journey. Right. That that there's something about... Um, uh, Her Ashley Cordova's soul has belongs to the devil. Cordova has gotten
1: himself all wrapped up in this sort of like backcountry Satan worship with these love trapped hillbilly occultists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then this is
0: all in one book, people. (laughs) One book. Yeah, yeah.
1: and And it's really they're they're getting you know they're getting ready to call upon the devil. And there's Mm -hmm. this defrocked priest, the Mm -hmm. spider who like lures Ashley out. And she can't, you know, there's this, they can't cross the bridge while, or the devil owns your soul. That's like he one of those. Ashley into crossing right. the bridge. Right, And so then there's this sort of family mythology that the devil is coming for Ashley.
2: Right, and we get this in snippets in a way that we don't know whether to believe it or not. Right. And, and then we also get in snippets that perhaps Cordova is gathering artifacts from children mm-hmm. and perhaps sacrificing children, having there's missing children involved in the whole backstory and that really adds to the dread right that that the deep dark secret about Cordova is that he's trying to convince the
1: devil to take another child's soul in action instead of right. his daughters. right exactly
0: right. well and, and but you know and but McGrath in relation to all these suggestions of really deep iniquity and evil is that is that housewife whose husband comes home with the mm-hmm. briefcase and yeah. you know and 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 okay so we've Talked about the madness of Cordova, we talked about mm-hmm. the struggles of McGrath, uh, but mm-hmm. Ashley is really mm-hmm. the center Ashley. of this thing. It Ashley is her Cordova. apparent
2: suicide that starts the book.
0: Yes, she is right. the beautiful haunted prodigy, daughter of Cordova. Prodigy. Yes.
2: She has she seemed to, in retrospect, have a lot of the characteristics of the young Marisha Casson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's an interesting wrinkle. Mm. Uh, uh. Cultured? Yes.
2: A, a pian, you know. Well,
0: well and with, with, with overachieving parents, right. you know, who are nonetheless very attentive in inundating her with all sorts of culture. I'm just right. saying, uh-huh.
1: Marisha.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, and the thing with Ashley is her journey is, all, well, her postmortem journey, like the journey we go on learning about her, is almost the reverse of McGrath. Like, she...
2: Her oh, death sort of
1: starts this, is, is infused with the sense of menace. You think she has gone through something horrible. There's mm-hmm. all of these implications of the horrors that she suffered at the hands of her father. And then it just comes like step, stepping back, stepping back, stepping back. And, and there's the final reveal mm-hmm. that, oh. that her time in the mental hospital was not being treated for being psychologically broken. She is actually undergoing chemotherapy right. because she has... Leukemia, leukemia. And, yeah. right? Yeah, right. and you don't know, like, it's, no,
2: it, you is don't that know. True? Well, you know, and, oh. and
0: I, I think even before that point, even before that reveal, because mm-hmm. the the thing is, in in the beginning of the book, she's such a ghostly figure, in
2: mm-hmm. the
0: same, with, you know, ev- everyone seems to like symbolize something rather than necessarily being like fully fleshed and nuanced themselves in the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. But as we go, I mean, what what breaks her in as an actual person you know mm-hmm. that we emotionally connect with is seeing her through the eyes of hopper mm-hmm. who and, and also and he becomes human when you know at first he sort of knew her maybe like, and, oh, we
2: spent some time at camp together yeah. it's like weird like high pressure Camping situation where everyone was sort of tortured. Right, the, uh, <laughs> the the
1: bad kid camp. Yeah, They're like yeah. quintessential yeah. bad kid camp. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's yeah. like a Hanoi death march through the California yeah. desert. It was, uh-huh. does not sound fun. No, no it does fun not fun camping.
0: Not at all. But how else are kids going to learn?
1: Right, you know, right. Um,
0: but uh, and like when when we realize how much she meant to him, yeah. he is humanized. But more importantly, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. she is humanized right. and uh, in
2: being right. able to care for somebody like that and being yeah. vulnerable enough, right,
0: right, right. That is, that's it. Well, and right. she has
1: broken his heart and and mm-hmm. left him because she goes, she she is in remission for a long period of time, and mm-hmm. then her leukemia resurfaces, and mm-hmm. she does not want him to be the boy with the doomed girlfriend who right. dies. So right. instead she wants to be the ice bitch who broke his heart right, and, right. And, and completely. But it's already,
0: abstinence. it's already too late. Right. because I mean, you know, like the book is defined by her absence. All these characters are defined by the hole she's left in their life. But when he starts talking about what it was like to be alone with her yeah. and what it was like to know her, then we miss her too. Right. Yeah, you know. Right. And, well, yeah. I mean,
1: come on. She's like, like, like you. The okay, come on. Is she not like the paragon of girlhood? She's like brilliant, yeah. kind of crazy, real pretty. Yeah. really understands people. Is able to manipulate all of these poor. Is super suckers, rich. Is super rich. Yeah. Right. But it's she does not become like. Like that, parent. You know, she's like this goddess, but yeah, until I mean, she becomes yeah. vulnerable, yeah, right. she's like untouchable.
0: Well, you know, and and uh, in the, I mean the uh, the artwork and the photography in the book. There, I mean, we actually get to see photographs mm. of Ashley and stuff, right. and it's very well done and it's beautifully done. But I, for me, this this Argento book was just added this beautiful extra layer oh. because it should be a companion. Well, this. it should be indeed, mm-hmm. yeah, because because Asia Argento. It, like, to me, like, casting her in my head as Mm -hmm. that person. And Asia Argento is alive and kicking and does not have leukemia and is not That
2: we know of. That
0: we know of, yes. Knock wood. Um, but, uh, but a, like, just a, a, you know, someone, like, you know, wise beyond her years. I actually, I saw an interview with her where she was talking about her relationship to, uh, to Dario, Uh uh, her dad. And she was saying, uh... It, it has occurred to me that uh, sometimes that um, my my father only had me, so he would have uh, an actress to uh, torture in his films, where he would uh, he would not have to, uh, you know, feel responsible for it because he owns me because I come from him,
2: oh my and, God. and that's okay with me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where does that come from? You know, is that a cultural thing? Is that a family thing? Is I, that a, yeah. a filmmaking artistic thing? I,
0: all of the above, yes. but, <laughs> I guess. Mean, but 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 also it's it's someone it's you know someone who it, it's not like like Aja appreciates art because you know she has a daddy complex and her right, daddy right. is an artist. It's like she recognizes that her father is an artist. She has it like an art complex.
1: Well and it's kind of Or she in... has daddy issues that then translate into art because that's what her daddy does. Okay it's all of the above. <clears And throat> it's all magical. That's what we're following right. like particle and a wave. <laughs> But what I'm you No, know, but the thing is yes. the, the the leukemia story as much as that frustrated me because um, I didn't want it to be that simple, frankly. Well, I but, didn't either, but then at the same time I, I kind of fell in love with that particular Tragic. twist yeah. so hard because it redeems cordova and i yeah. really wanted cordova to be redeemed because guy. the implication is that you know that that he is sort of, he's 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 a filmmaker he gets all these resources he's living sort of his dream mm-hmm. and then his daughter gets sick and so you know he he stops his work he crafts this whole mythology about you know her being on the run from the devil and him protecting her right. and you know fully just kind of delves into this in order to provide her with something greater than this what what is like ultimately this tragic Fucked up, unstoppable thing yeah. that he cannot. That no buy amount this way of money of, or right. talent
2: or it, it has any power to fix. Right, or change.
0: and and and, it, and it's almost it, it's like that that thing where I mean when you're engaged in a lifetime of creating art, and I think you'll hear anecdotes from the life of any artist who seems to be as committed as Cordova is, mm-hmm. where like things start manifesting in your life that reflect your art.
2: <laughs> yes, and it,
0: it's like someone and vice versa. Yeah. No, absolutely. You start, like, willing Everything things Everything you into see being. Yeah.
2: becomes part of your art. And this, this sort of mixing up of the art and the life uh-huh. is, is a, a big characteristic well, and, of his world.
0: And it's his ethic. I mean, he's yeah. basically, he's created this environment where him, his family, his circle, and yeah. whoever his crew and cast is in the shooting of a particular film, right. they have this, they get to live this ritualized, marvelous, epiphanic experience. Have to. Where Yes, they have to, yeah, where I the boundary oh, between I reality and yeah. art is completely
2: it's, treaded. It's one and the same thing. And this, I mean, that's when you brought up Asia Argento, I, I, I'm thinking of this because, you know, it's in her DNA. Yeah. This is part of who she is. Right, right, right. And so, she, yes, she's going to be that way. Yeah. And yes... Ashley's going to be that way, right? Indeed. Or at least, cordoba well, hopes she is.
0: But, but yeah. that's the thing for him to make his career and this whole magical path of his right. to go so boldly into right. darkness, mm-hmm. and yet to be living this charmed life where everyone's kind of haunted. People are haunted, but it's almost like when she gets sick, that's you know, like that, like he, that is him being called to account. Oh, it's almost the like the universe saying, "Oh, you think you know about darkness."
2: Here's right. darkness. Here's and his films. Thing, yes. His films are about going through that darkness and right. coming to the end, and they're not about answering anything. Right. There's no limits to anything. Right. So it's, it's a challenge because he wants yeah. to fix it. You yeah. know,
0: I mean, he wants to fix this in a very un fashion. fashion. Yeah. Right. You know, like this would not happen in his films. Him trying to get her better.
2: No, no, no. You right. Know? In what? his films, he just wants to explore everything to right. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the and and
1: almost Ashley goes through that journey against his will. Like he has right. her. She's in the she's in the hospital, she's undergoing chemotherapy, maybe. But the implication is that she's undergoing chemotherapy yeah. and she escapes because she doesn't want to be the girl, you know, just like with Hopper, she doesn't want to be the girl who wastes away and dies. Right. So she runs away, she hangs out in the East Village, she she's lives in like life. this
2: yeah.
1: this weird like flat.
2: Weird, above the, yeah. Right
1: above mm-hmm. the Asian grocery market right. and then like breaks into the piano store, plays yeah. like five amazing Concerts in the <laughs> middle of the empty piano store and then throws herself down an elevator shaft right. because uh, <laughs> she doesn't want to be the girl, you know,
2: and dies of know, leukemia.
1: And she doesn't want to be the girl whose who's dad is trying to save her from leukemia. She wants to be her own meta girl, you know, she, uh, wants like
0: to be, her well, own. she wants to be a, re- I think, she doesn't want to be a meta girl, she wants to be a real girl, you know, uh, and uh, you know, because like
2: I, Pinocchio,
0: like Pinocchio,
2: Pinocchio. <laughs>
0: Pinocchio, indeed. This is yeah, and her uh, yes, her barbed soul gets longer and it's barbed.
1: And you know, it should be enough. It's enough for Hopper. It satisfies his Romeo complex about Ashley, the, the leukemia. Sure, and it satisfies Nora. For Nora, that is that explains everything that she has seen, which is
2: appropriate since
1: they're the Nancy Drews, right? Right, but right. not McGrath. That's the point where McGrath leaves the Scooby Gang behind. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And really gets down deep, and that kind of brings us to Inez Gallo, the character oh,
2: they have uh, hinted at, but coyote, yes, yes, the coyote. Oh, yeah, his main <laughs> aide, right? Cordova's like uh-huh. assistant um, in every in all things, right?
0: Right, conductor, messenger of the god, yeah, the one that head.
2: ushers people across
1: the border in Mexico, right? right. And yes. also like this trickster figure who sort of cleans up his dirty work and is almost like. His border figure, is well,
0: and is is setting traps, you know, yes. and and so so coyote figure in the Native American like you know trickster god right, sort you're of right. sense, right? Um, and uh, but also uh, hermetic, she's the Hermes figure, and that mm. he is the lofty Zeusy godhead of his oh. personal universe, and she is his messenger, kind of conducts and sews things oh. up, and she's also a crossroads figure because. Uh, McGrath you know kind of like meets her at these thresholds into of the hell. deeper of hell or the world of Cordova right, right. you know she's this sort of interface between like oh, you know reality
2: very indeed well
0: yeah. and uh, and <laughs> it's a book and uh, and you know I'm talking and, about and,
2: you Jason ah I'm a book don't and, be so modest
0: and so and she guards that gateway and uh, and, and so she's sort of like Hermes psychopompos and that is a facet of Hermes that conducts souls to the underworld. Okay. And takes spirits back from time to time depending. Like well, and she enforces.
2: so she did all these things. It's like she explains Ashley was sick and then she was getting treatments and that co- corresponds with all those weird times, uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. right? And then Cordova was that old man in the in the right. institution, right? right. In the nursing and I home. I love that. I love that. Oh, yeah, because you're going, wow. He's really gone.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Or
2: or is he not? Because well,
0: and we find out that that's not the case, but it's like she It's
2: in one of the like 17 endings. Well, and, I and well.
0: that and that and that brings to mind something that uh that you know that that was uh beautiful to me in the book was McGrath's journey from, uh, like, as the sort of supernatural Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. in the story, in Ashley's story, Mm -hmm. the supernatural facets of her death, just the supernatural facets of Cordova's world, as those things start to suggest themselves. McGrath is almost annoying in his resistance to those things. He is Uh so like dialectical materialist. Like that's just bullshit. And didn't,
2: doesn't Beckman tell him he, he gives him the out basically says, Oh, she had leukemia. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so, and that, that kind of of makes sense of
0: stuff. Yes. And, uh, but it's almost,
2: oh, the idea.
0: like, what when he's gone through this whole experience, especially, like, the hellfire initiation of actually storming the estate sure. and rampaging through this, like, microcosm, this collage of all of Cordova's, like, self-made universes, mm-hmm. right. as he's rampaging through these sets and he comes out the other side, right. all that stuff is cast into doubt, and he's like, maybe that, that stuff is true, and he's let the supernatural, like, crash into his headspace, yeah. and it's completely, like, upended his sense of self and he's gone on this journey that a character goes through in a Cordova. Right, movie. and
1: that's right. when he circles back to Beckman. Beckman, the Cordova scholar who Right we he, he had seen at the beginning. Right. He's it's like a contact of his when he's initially sort of investigating Cordova years right, before right, right, that right. destroyed his career. And right. Beckman, he comes to Beckman, he's distraught, he's like, I'm living in a Cordova film. Nothing makes sense anymore. Right. These right. and and he wants to know what are the f- fucking rules. Yeah. And Beckman lays out for him all of these sort of tropes and characters that are unique to the Cordova film. Yeah. And he the little symbols within. the little symbols, the characters eating raw meat and the specific brand of cigarettes. Oh and, right. Right. And he Well because he has a different cat named for every little symbol, right? Right. Yeah yeah. Yeah. And he tells him that, that Cordova's favorite character is is Are
2: you reading from the book? You I can, it?
1: yeah. It's it's my it's one of my favorite parts because I think it totally um, sums up his encounter with with Inez with the coyote right often at some point in a Cordova narrative, the hero encounters a character who is life and death itself. he or she will be sitting at the intersection of the two, the beginning of one the end of the other mm-hmm. it will be a decoy, a substitute to grant freedom to the real thing so Inez is like shows him the Cordova like proxy in the hospital and it's like here you can take this you can take this that this was all a farce this was all about ashley's leukemia and a totally crazy director trying to make it make sense within his own mythology
2: or you can have the truth
1: you could have the truth, right? well, but
0: yeah. I Well, I feel like she hands that to him, and she's saying, here's what you want, here's what's going to make here's sense solution, of this. Here's the solution, which yes. is what
2: McGrath seems to be pursuing. Yeah,
0: but yeah. she's not offering him another option, but he, because of the journey that he has made, he can't accept that. Yeah. Because right. he's seen, like, a bigger view uh-huh. of what's possible in a human life right. because he's, of his he's, contact. He's
2: become one of those people who has been in a Cordova film, right. who, emerge, who emerges totally changed. Every actor that's ever been in a Cordova film right. comes out a different person. Well, right, and it seemed like for a minute that he was
1: going to take it, right? right? There's, like, the leukemia. This is and another then, one of those endings. And then Nora is the 19-year-old. Yeah. Scooby at girl is throwing herself at him in the middle of the night, yep. and I'm so frustrated. Don't I'm gonna fuck just her. Yeah. please don't fuck her. Please yeah. don't let this be. Oh, your wife left you for a man with actual abdominal muscles, and yeah. so you had and this, this like your kooky adventure, and then you yeah. shacked up with a 19 year old. Oh, okay, yeah, this time. might be a
0: bit of a stretch to me. That seemed to be another like. Like call out to like something in the genre that was like the girl with the dragon tattoo because to me right. that's the oh, thing that doesn't quite work in that story. Okay, right. but Nora
1: is no Lizbeth Salander. No, she isn't. Right, yes. and what I love and, about, and about the Laura, she is no. To what's make, his I mean, face?
2: Yeah, right,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I hate those books anyway after I read the interview um, where he said that that was supposed to be a grown up Pippi longstocking yeah, after she'd finally gotten absorbed you yeah, oh know yeah, don't, don't that, that go makes go me there. love them I'm going to yeah. go
2: back <laughs> The, <laughs> the I only take thing everything back. I love about that is because in the remake um, he's played by the James Bond guy who Oh so yes so oh, Daniel. Daniel. oh yeah Daniel. Oh, Daniel. no, it Daniel. makes
0: sense the American version Yeah the American They're both
2: pretty good actually the movies a little bit torture porn but um, anyway, let's get back to it's what not we're talking about. Necessarily a
0: bad thing, yes. Torture but, point. <laughs> um Yeah, it's Jason, depending. You're killing me. Okay. Okay. So okay.
2: where we were, Nora's throwing
1: herself at McGrath. Inez right. Gallo, the proxy Cordova, in the hospital. Right.
2: Um. Oh, there was the thing where um, his daughter, Sam. He's he's got this daughter with his ex-wife and. He thinks all his problems are because his ex-wife left him for this bodybuilder. Well, no, this this perfect man, uh-huh. and he's and, he, and she doesn't trust him with their kid Sam anymore. And mm-hmm. so there's this this fraught a relationship.
1: And there's also all of this implied imminent menace to Sam throughout the book, which totally right? killed me too. Right? Oh, it was
2: brutal. If you have a kid, that'll it'll kill you. Right. And but then it turns out Sam knew Ashley. Right. And and wasn't it how how did he figure or, or that? Or met
0: her, didn't know her, but she, met no, she her. met yeah. her.
2: But right. but Ashley gave her something, and right. he asks his daughter, um, what was she like? What was Ashley like? Yeah. And his daughter says she was magical.
0: Yes, and this is and this is a breakthrough, like I think for him, and a breakthrough into that world of the supernatural, because he. You know, is so steeped and jaded and conflicted in his relationship with other people, with his wife, with her right. husband, with and, you know, I I think with with anybody who's you know been a bit you know chafed by life, right? You know, the the children in your life are like arbiters of honesty mm-hmm. and like an unmitigated, unfiltered reality, and. To hear you know that his daughter like brushed up against this person, despite this kind of reductive view right. of Ashley's history, and she had leukemia, she was just a messed up girl, blah blah blah, yeah. fucked yeah. up by her insane maybe. father. maybe. yes, and that there's you can read the facts of the matter in a way where that story makes sense, yeah. but there's also this other thing, and with her unfiltered view his daughter saw her and saw a magical being a magical and that's thing. true too.
2: Well, it's and that I mean that draws back to the, the very first time we hear about her, their life on the estate, all of that stuff. And what's what's really cool about what that contributes to McGrath is he wants the truth. He's yeah. written all these true crime stories, you know, this is the the solution to this case. It's all explainable. But this is the one that brings him into this sort of the real truth, which we all know, which is that the world is kind of magical and you cannot explain everything. And I'm not saying I can sit here and levitate and you should believe me. I'm saying there are things you can't explain in a in a beautiful, yeah. human way. And I think, you know, Cordova's fictional fans, um,
1: the reason that this book was so effective at what it was attempting to do to, like, beguile us and terrify us at the same time right. is that Cordova's films, the truths that are revealed by Cordova's films are completely subjective. Right. Like, you right. You, you cannot package them and sell them, which is why right. they'll never be commercially successful. And right. some of them are completely unavailable. Right. And the actors have never seen them. Right. Because for them, it was not about making a film. By the end, it was about the journey. Well, which well, is why... Yeah. Like, the... the ultimately for McGrath the leukemia story is not enough because right. if it's not about Ashley right if it's not about rescuing her post-mortem then these guys are just useless you yeah. know yeah. like in the face of Ashley's leukemia Hopper's bad boy thing doesn't work anymore he like gives up dealing drugs and he just wants to go find his mother and go settle down right and right. you know and what is McGrath doing you know right. if he's not yeah. figuring out the deep dark truth about Ashley then then he's he's got no role at all
2: well yeah. it's it's the for me the beautiful part is in the whole truth thing McGrath wants the truth uh-huh Cordova Because of what he has been through. And we know he's been through something. Whether or not it's the straight leukemia story, whether it's the straight occult story, whether it's some mixture of the two. Cordova, he wants... The real truth. And we all know, as people, as yeah. deep down in ourselves, we know the real truth is unknowable. Well, and that it's, it's not
0: and it's not it's not a journalistic truth. Yeah. It supersedes you the facts. Exactly. We like, well and we, different points experience. of view. You,
2: Jason, me, yeah. Pat, you, Christy, we'd all have a different point of view of the same event. Mm-hmm. But it's still true. And and so McGrath mm-hmm. will never be that guy again. Right. To think that he can solve something,
0: to think right. that
2: that that, that's that's the be all end all yeah
0: no indeed it's like
1: when he comes out of the estate Uh oh right he comes out of the estate with three objects he comes out with oh yeah the bone and the bloody shirt right and the compass and he like the the bone turns out to be like a bear's foot yeah Mm -hmm. and the bloody shirt is corn syrup syrup, right? right so he takes them to the police and they analyze them, and he's just Furious because it's like it's almost like it doesn't matter what they're made of. Right, they are symbols. Yeah, and regardless of what your tests show, something happened.
0: But but in his insistence on that, he has been inveigled into a world of signs and symbols beyond the reach of journalism. His need for these things to mean something means that his his whole all of his paradigms have been smashed he has had the Cordova experience yeah which brings him to an ending where he is not satisfied by the Occam's razor most reasonable like view of uh-huh. what all this meant that it a daughter with leukemia leading to a shell-shocked wreck of an old man who's Cordoba in a nursing home. Maybe. Right,
1: because that's not a hero's journey. That's not revelatory. It is not like Yeah. transportive in any it's way. It's reductive. It's a tragedy.
0: Yeah. It's a tragedy right. and his God knows like it, you know the ending is is so ambiguous and takes us to that place of of the unknowable like it really it's like this almost this ellipsis where he's yeah. he doesn't accept the you know the the nursing home right. shattered Cordovia a paradigm. Right. And so he goes beyond and is led a bit further yep. into this mystery and gets to confront this godlike figure on the threshold of God knows what revelation. Cordova right. is going to tell his truth and we are denied that.
1: Yeah, because because once McGrath hears that truth, once McGrath has completed that journey, yeah, he doesn't live here anymore. Right. We right. can't even That's understand what, what he has because he's transformed, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and, and that Cordova, what he, what Cordova has to impart, I mean, you get the impression that Cordova, at some point in his shadowy prehistory, and perhaps this aspect of his backstory is known in specifics to to Marisha Pestle, um, or perhaps... You know, perhaps not. Uh, but or maybe it
1: doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't I mean, matter. Like Ashley's implied backstory. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter. Well, doesn't he, matter. I mean, like, like, uh, like Cordova had some dark epiphany right. in his past. We don't know the nature of it. Well, there
2: are so many possibilities. It, it, his Italian beautiful model wife dying. Yeah. Um, his right. daughter having well, leukemia. Yeah, you his see, like a upbringing a s- with his mother. Right. Yeah. You see a oh, sequence yeah. of
0: dark epiphanies where right. it, it's almost like you can imagine Cordova as. Oh, I have seen the truth. And, well, okay, because even I'm,
2: his childhood is explicated vaguely in the book. Right. As this immigrant, you know, who doesn't mix mm-hmm. with anyone, who, you know. Well, it's almost sure. like at any point, I could have experienced an
1: archetypal tragedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Pick one.
2: Well, it doesn't matter. Well,
1: it, it, Let's move from yeah, there. Yeah, well, right, no, right? I,
0: I think, okay, I've experienced this. I've seen the truth. I've mm-hmm. seen the nature of things. So I'm going to proceed, you know, on, uh, according to the dictates of this dark truth. And then... Encountering another dark truth.
1: Right.
0: Oh wait a second, that wasn't true at all. That
2: wasn't <laughs> dark. It's dark now. Not dark, dark enough. enough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and the, huh. way, the way we're talking about this, listeners, it makes it sound like this is a really heavy story. It's really, you know, wow. There's these universal truths, which there are. Yes. But it's totally captivating. It's really yeah. fun to. It's really fun to read the bits of that. Well, you've read it probably. It's so a romp. You know.
0: It's a. It's a. It's a <laughs> giddy romp. I, I it's,
1: was a dark. Yeah. terrifying subjective truth kind of romp uh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's oh, a
0: quantum David. romp through the shadowy yeah. hinterlands of human consciousness and yeah. film history <laughs> and uh and the lives of these tormented characters yeah who are all refractions of our darkest selves
2: wow jesus that's
0: deep um oh yes yes so uh all right, okay, uh, so the end, I feel like we've addressed the ending. Do you have any additional comments, uh, ladies, about you We were talking you think earlier, you, you were about?
2: saying something about them having, um, they could talk because they had been together through some experience, what was it you had said? Who could talk, who? Christy. Um, Cordova uh-huh. and McGrath,
1: yes. theoretically. Oh, oh right, yes, it's like, like, like he had to, yeah, right, His, you can imagine that conversation, like, yeah. it's almost like, Cordova had to build the com- his companion. Like, well, he had to drag someone through all this. yeah was right. worthy enough to not take that threshold out. Right. Who would...
2: He would then be able to kind of sit. Like, oh, and isn't that interesting? So, possibly he chose McGrath.
0: Well, I because feel McGrath like... I McGrath mean,
2: had been the one at the beginning right. who was on to something. Well, yeah.
0: McGrath chasing him, it's almost like Cordova, you know, is who like, oh, okay, who? someone wants to know my truth. Yeah. Okay, well... You are not fit you to can't sit with me. The you can't handle You can't handle my truth. That's so I'm going limitation. to build yes. this right. machine disguised as your life mm-hmm. that is going mm-hmm. to process you into being someone who can sit with me and understand which is like
2: a the, the only movie. truth
0: I know. Yes. Right.
1: Which is why it's so confusing for McGrath because- He doesn't know he's in a movie. This story mm-hmm. starts five years before this story starts where McGrath- yeah. Yeah. Kind of encounters false this lead, beginnings yeah. False there's endings. this lead on Cordova that mm-hmm. maybe he might be onto the deep dark secret about Stanislaw Cordova, mm-hmm. and 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 this brief interaction with the world of Cordova discredits him as a journalist, mm-hmm. destroys his career, yeah. Destroys his ego, which leads to the downfall of his marriage, right? And pre- precedes this like which
2: wasn't good enough for him because, decline well, yeah. that
1: ultimately leads him to. When that, when Ashley dies, that
2: snippet, or when she before that, when she, she appears to him right. at the reservoir, did Cordova set that up? Arc? Right? Was Ashley in on the? Whole well, thing? but
0: okay, but she's marking McGrath because this—it's it, like the passage of Inanna or Ishtar, one of the oldest, like, possible myths of her passage into the underworlds to encounter the Great Revolution, the engine of reality itself.
2: You're she,
0: over my head, Jason, but I love it. Okay, she, this, <laughs> she's this Babylonian goddess, like one of the earliest conceptions of goddessness. I mean, I think of, of Baby and Dustin Hoffman
2: when you say Ishtar, but okay, yes. go
0: on. Okay, yeah, no, a, a, a modern degradation. But no, Ishtar, this, this goddess who right. precedes most civilizations that we know about, she wants to know why things die. She wants to know why time, why is there time? Why is there, you know, why can't things just exist in a state of constant rapture and ecstasy? And it's a goddess asking this question. And she has to go into the underworld, the night side of the mind to encounter the primal engine, the primal fact, the ultimate unknowable truth. She wants to know it. And so she goes and she's armed. She's armed with all these powers and artifacts and beautiful facets of her transcendental goddess-like character. And this is what gives her the power and the confidence to step into the zone of the unknowable. And so she goes, and once she crosses that first threshold into the hell world, um, she realizes that uh, that that stuff is actually weighing her down, that it's getting in the way of her apprehension of the universal truth.
2: She's thinking too much.
0: And at each level, she is stripped. Right. Those things have to be stripped away for her to which know is, these things.
2: Which Your is And in conclusion, yes, that is that is exactly what this book did for me. Yes, I, uh, I Pat Janowski have to say that what this book really, re- where it really resonated for me, mm-hmm. was exactly that stripping away the the um, the strata, these oh. like invented societal strata, basically right, right, right. to. A person, a person needs to live their artistic vision. If they're an artist, world writers. So this is kind of how we are, right? Yeah. Sorry. Let your Let causes. your wife leave you. Leave the Scooby Gang
1: behind. <laughs> let, let Cordova's creepy assistant steal all your notebooks. Okay, you stop it. You don't need right. those things. Christie okay.
2: obviously is a literalist, but I'm just talking about. It, it makes me uh, want to like live more like the Cordova character. Well, yeah. Really live, make my make my art and my life the same thing, Right. you know, accept it, live it, bring out what's essentially you in your essential core, because yeah. that's why you're here.
0: Well, yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a potentially terrifying thing, because Absolutely. Cordova has made this pact, I want to know the unknowable. right? So in his pursuit of that, he grows a family that can pursue the unknowable with him. Oh, but wait a second, having all these comforts, and all these beautiful, you know, like, People Doesn't who protect appreciate you from you.
2: the inevitable death.
0: Yes, yeah. and if you want to know that, okay, because you could. It, it's almost like there may have been a golden moment, perhaps that golden afternoon that the book details, where it it just it seems like a you know it's a weekend okay. of the Copleys and everything's beautiful. Where
2: Ashley is teaching everyone to oil paint. Yes, down oh, by the lake, room with a view. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know,
0: it's just beautiful, and it's like, and, it, and there may have been. It seems like there was something. You know, not detailed in the book necessarily, but in my head, like something in Cordova's heart, you can stop here and it will be okay. Uh And you're still important. What a great,
2: that's a great interpretation of the thing. But he,
0: because he is this idea of someone who goes too far,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, he, you know, he'd say, okay, I know I can't, I can't stop So is that hearing. what
2: the book meant to you? I mean, how, how would you say your, your, your kind of final... Yeah,
0: life? no, no, no. It, it, it took me to a similar place, a scary place where, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm like, you know, it, it asks the question, are, you know, I mean, do, if you want to know the unknowable, are you prepared...
2: For the truth.
0: Well, yeah. And to let go of whatever beautiful things happen uh, to surface in your uh, pursuit of eternity. Written.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh. What no. about you, Christy? What was what what, what your kind of takeaway from this book? I
1: think for me, it was to not lose sight of the transformative power of those dark moments, you know because oh. to greater or lesser degrees, everyone experiences those and is on that journey. <laughs> yeah. So when you're in those dark places, just just reach in and grab something, like anything to hold on to until the lights come back on. Oh, that's nice. No, it's
2: great. I mean, if, great. If, if a book gives us something, those things are, they're substantial. Yeah.
0: What yeah. Right, right, right. And these things, you know, like popped out of a, a pulp mystery novel. And um, Well done. Yes. Well done, Marisha Petzl. Well done. Oh, I well would not done.
2: call this a pulp mystery uh, Pulp
0: novel. is my highest compliment.
2: Well, right. that's to you. That's to you. Okay. Um,
0: yes. Okay. So, here we are. Uh, I, I I think we've wrapped all this up with a golden bow. Um, I think we've had a marvelous discussion. This is a marvelous book, Night Film by Marisha Pessl. Um, also, it,
1: the author of Special Topics in Calamity physics. physics. Yes,
0: which I have not read, but I want to um, because uh, this book now. is so beautiful. Yes, yeah. indeed.
2: I'm, I like physics. Isn't that cool? Right, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. all right. All right, I physics is all right. I like, um, physics. All right. I like um, physics.
0: And I want to I like thank of all physics. of our uh, listeners yeah. for tuning in to uh, Book Circle Online. And, uh, from, uh, and and for um, tunneling through the library of Maria Menunos with us and, uh, mm-hmm. and discovering all these golden, golden stories. And uh, I am Jason Squamata, and you can uh, tweet me or follow me. At, yes! At uh, Squamatapod on Twitter. And you can friend me on Facebook. It's S-Q-U-A-M-A-T-A.
2: Squamata.
0: Squamata. Or you can send me an email at squamatapod at gmail.com. Oh, that's
2: so cute. Okay, Pat, how does one reach you? I'm less accessible, but you may try to friend me on Facebook, although people have a hard time finding me. Pat Janowski, J-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. I I, I cannot change my name. It's such a good name.
0: It's a great name. I I know.
2: (laughs) Um, try that, Portland, Oregon, or, um, you know, a little note saying who you are is always, always helpful. I love you from Book Circle Online, like that. Or, I'm going to come over and mow your lawn, or do your laundry, that's even better. Um, or you can find out more about me on my band's website, which is B e r g e r e t t e. dot com. And what a
1: band,
0: Exquisito. Exquisito. Lovely to check it, it out. Is. Christy.
1: You can listen to my own writings being performed on SoundCloud. Who are you? Christy. Yes. K-R-I-S-T-I. Lovato. L-O-V-A-T-O. You can also find me on Facebook under the same name. I'm actually not allowed to tweet. I'm hoping that will be overturned <laughs> shortly. But uh, Is it your daughter?
2: <laughs> Is she meantime, forbidding you? Uh-huh. No. Yes. All right, we'll stop at that. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I know. Yeah, we're not privileged to know. But uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, please join us in our Tireless Struggle to keep reading alive, all uh, forms of media are beautiful and are capable of opening endless doors in our beautiful human brains. But there's something extra special about uh, about a book because it's uh, it's ink blots on a page that our brains decode and turn into endless, beautiful brain movies, more beautiful than any movie that could ever be filmed. A book is sheet music for a hallucination and uh, A Jungle of Hallucinations. And so let's uh, let, let let's keep that alive and keep that part of our culture. Um, Jason? Yes?
2: Did you ever know that
0: you're my hero? Oh, oh, God. You two are the wind beneath my wings, Pat oh. Janowski. And uh, yes. Christy and,
2: Lovato.
0: Right. Thank you. Uh, and step into the circle uh, next time, where we'll be talking about another fascinating book. And uh, love out to all of you. Stay bookish, stay circular. Book Circle Online. <laughs> From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at BookCircleOnline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.